Hola, guys. My gente, how are you? This is uh, Jorah Blake of the Painter Files podcast, episode 85. We're getting there. We're getting there. I hope you're all well. I hope everything's working out beautifully for you. I know we live in scary times, and sometimes we don't really have control over how this world is working right now. But um, it's going to be okay, I think. I think most of us are going to be all right. Uh, I do have some sad news. One of my friends, who was in his late 80s, who I used to play dominoes with at a coffee shop, passed away. So to him and his family, I, I wish them peace and love in this this difficult time. He probably doesn't need it as much, but uh, I don't know how death works, really. So I, I, I remember him really, really well, and he was just this really funny guy who cheated at dominoes, <laughs> but was just, he was hilarious. He, he had fought in wars, and he had all these great stories, and I'm gonna miss you, Pierre. You are a good guy. Thank you very much for being in my life. I know the weird thing uh, about a lot of the stuff with coronavirus is that people are getting antsy and they're going all crazy and they're doing all this stuff. And it's just, it's very strange to see that people don't realize like if they go outside and they protest with hundreds of people that they are going to get sick. It's just... It feels common sense, and yet there's no common aspect to it, I guess. So, I don't know. I cannot pretend to completely get it. As far as my job goes, like, we're keeping people outside. I mean, like, they can't come in. That's all it is. Um, and that is keeping most of us relatively safe. Um, my coworker is doing well. To my knowledge, he's kicking around, doing his thing. He got better. I think he's waiting to get all the test stuff done so he can see when he can go back. I don't, I've heard uh, mixed stories about how you're allowed to go back to work after you're sick. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is precisely. Um, and I don't want to say what, I th- what I've been told on this because I'm not sure the accuracy of those things like i know what i've been told as far as like they gotta be they gotta be healthy 30 days and they gotta get two tests that both come back negative because you can get a false negative um so to my knowledge that is what you're supposed what's what's supposed to happen but i don't know if that's a state thing or whatever so to everybody suffering i my heart goes out to you just uh Try to be good to yourself, I guess. Okay, happier notes. (laughs) Um, I recently had a friend of mine who's a great editor, Tina, to look to review my last video I did on YouTube. And once again, I asked for a critique. This was not like a critique that someone randomly gives me. Which still happens on occasion. Don't know why people think I want those. Um, yeah. And uh, let me see, the last bad one I got from a random stranger was because I was taking all the videos of Mochi in the bathtub. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Um, was uh, they, they, uh, they said, um, you know, you should really stick to your art thing because, like, uh... <laughs> animal stuff is like leave that to the professionals who take animal videos like and i just first i was like i started to write back i was like no oh, motherfucker you can go fuck yourself um do what the fuck i want but um in actuality i just deleted them because i was like you know what i'm not going to leave this for it to grow it's not necessary all the stuff we do creatively we really do for ourselves first and then our audience second and then new people like third (laughs) so you know for all the good people you get you also get kind of shitheads and that's okay it's fine but um a good critique that she gave me was she said she's known me for a very long time like 10 11 years now and um maybe longer actually god it's been a long time um and 
What was it saying? And uh, she said, you know, my personality doesn't shine completely through every video. And I was like, you know, that's a good point, actually. Because I'm kind of rushed when I do them sometimes. Like, I try to put them together, and I try to watch them, and then edit them, and then add stuff, and, you know, check things, and cue things, and etc. But I'm really working with, like, a 10-minute time, time experience, where, like, here I can just go on, and drone, and etc. And Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I thought about it, and I was like, what do I do different here that I don't do there? And I was like, I write scripts here. And they're very loose scripts, but they're still scripts when I'm doing all my audio stuff. And, you know, it's just like seven things where it's like, say hello. Uh, first topic, second topic, third topic. And then at the very end, it says, you know, just say bye. Thank you. Follow me on these. And, um, yeah. I don't know why I don't do that <laughs> for my YouTube stuff. I don't know why it's not. Uh, it's not coming through on that because like my personality is vocal and you know I'm a little weird as far as visual stuff goes but uh, I'm definitely very like vocal on the things I say and I do and how I relate and talk to people and go on about stuff so I need to figure that out honestly but I like the challenge of, of really kind of looking inward and seeing all these things. I think the craziest thing that actually happened today, because I'll tell you this story, was I was recording this earlier and I forgot to turn my mic on. <laughs> so I'm just talking to myself the whole time. And then I hit it. I'll go, oh, no, I forgot to put my Oh, no, I didn't plug. Oh, no. And then I go back and I pause it and I sit stop and I try and listen to it. And it's like nothing for a whole i didn't i didn't film a whole episode it's probably like 10 maybe like somewhere between four and ten minutes worth of stuff and i was like no that's so stupid <laughs> but you know this is what happens when you produce your own things like no one's there to look i should have been looking at my levels actually because they weren't jumping or doing anything and i was like no, i'm just gonna talk you know hey guess what i've got the stuff things are going nothing <laughs> just dead unmoving silence <laughs> so whatever uh, these are the painter ways of the crazy painter ways oh well we're recording right now though so for those who follow me on my patreon you amazing wonderful loving incredible people and for those who will follow me on my on my Patreon, you you incredible, beautiful, wonderful people. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, I said that I had a big surprise. My big surprise uh, was a contract, actually, that I was offered for a... Uh, it actually relates to the whole COVID thing. Um, so one of the things people have wanted are some cool masks because they're realizing they're going to need masks for a pretty long time. And because of that, they want something nice. So my mom made me a couple. <laughs> and uh, I've been using them, and they're beautiful, and they're so cool. But uh, I got offered a contract with a company my little cousin started. He lives in China. Uh, and he is starting a, uh, a mask company. So I have an exclusive contract to design masks and I will be doing really well. And like, we were working off contract and all that stuff, but I'm really excited guys. Like who would have thought my little good at us? We would just, we would have, uh, and my big good at us. Um, who would have thought like, I'd be making these things that are going to be seen all over the world by people that's just so cool <laughs> and i mean they're probably not going to be very much they're probably going to be like 12 dollars a mask or whatever so bear with me i love you but you know it'll be good and i'm just excited about it honestly like that'll be i'm gonna i'm gonna do one design i'm gonna try and finish it by saturday so he can put the first ones up and and there's a couple there's another artist and it's going to be really, really cool, actually. <laughs> like, I'm super excited about it. I've got a few um, 
few masks that I'm thinking of doing. I'm going to do some mocks and then I'm going to put them on my Patreon so that my wonderful, amazing people who I love dearly, who are supportive of me, are going to help me pick out which one I should do. Uh, and then I'm just going to go fucking crazy. At first I kept thinking about it. I was like, do I need to make this digital? And I'm like, I don't want to do digital. And I was like, can I fix it after I make it with ink? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, this is going to be so cool. Because they want it because it's my style. And I was like, why am I, why am I not understanding? Like, this is because of me. Like, this is what I am doing. And that is my big excitement you know that's so cool and you know i have all these other things going on as well but i'm just so i'm so pumped about this it's so awesome and i've got all these masks that i have and i'm excited that i'm like going to be able to like wear my own art on my mask and all these other people are going to be having it and wearing it and it's just gonna be it's gonna be really incredible like i I hope we honestly get these to thousands upon thousands of people and that'll just be amazing. And no, I'm not going to be like crazy rich off of this, but like it could do really well actually. And I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited about just kind of like the I don't like to tell artists to do things for exposure, but I'm excited about like the world exposure of this. Like jeez, man, China's got like 3 billion people. That's incredible. And this is going to go all over the world, mind you. So, it should be really really beautiful and just incredible and move and help people, honestly. We should help people. I mean, they're not... They're they're masks, so they're not, you know... They're not, like, hospital masks, but they're... They're the ones you see people on metros and stuff like that, and on TV and in magazines wearing and stuff like that, but they're going to have our designs on them. And it's going to be really cool. I'm just... I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm just happy. It's silly, but it's real and it's mine, and it's going to be ours, and... I'm just, I'm just so, so excited for it. I'm so elated for it. So, yeah. When I get it going, I'll share the link and I'll have everybody know everything and be everything and do everything and etc. And I hope you get as many of them as you like and you tell as many people as humanly possible and maybe we all meet up sometime <laughs> after all this is over. That's the thing I think is going to change. I think when this is when this has come to its conclusion and people are able to actually safely travel and go places and etc, I feel like we're going to be more like the way France is and well Europe, the way more Europe is with with working and going to do things and see things and etc than you know, like the iron curtain type of capitalism that we've been doing for so long where you know we have to work and we work so much that we have to we have to work so that we have the pride and working etc etc and you know I, I work and I do this job and I work and I do this job etc 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 and this and that and this and that etc all these things and it's like we've had so much time to now work we've had two, almost two months to look at ourselves and figure out what we want to do and what we need to do. And I feel like the intersection of that is probably not going to be the things that we had we were doing before. Not because I don't think those businesses will come back and they'll do well, but I mean there is a possibility that new things are going to pop up. And we're going to reinvent ourselves in some way. And I know that's scary and I know that's not fun to think about, but you're going to get through this and it's going to be amazing when you do because you're you're just great you really are and not just because you listen to this amazing podcast but because because you already were like you were before i said anything you were before you met me you were before you knew who you were you were amazing that's all just going to tell you how good you are that's all. <laughs> so I'm working on this painting right now. Mmm, so beautiful. 
It's funny though, because like when I work on paintings and I put up little pieces and parts and etc., people always comment, "Oh my God, that's so cool! Don't do anything else." I'm like, "Are you buying it?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Thank you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I know what they mean. I love, I love when people get excited when they see my work. Like it's such a high, such a gorgeous roasting high, but. I'm I'm still going to paint the way I paint and do all the things I do like it's it's who and what I am. I don't I don't stop till I, I don't have any left in the tank. I'm I'm that painter. I'm the painter that, you know, I find I find something that pushes me and then I just I I grab hold of it with both hands and fall back off the cliff and land in the water and pull myself out and take whatever it was and throw it on the wall and then I mush it with my hands and that's what it becomes that is a long-winded explanation that is a long-winded fictional weird explanation but that's what we live in <laughs> that's what this has done to me no I was already like this um it's just it's incredible though you know just I'm really loving this idea it's so beautiful and it's so amazing and the topic is dark because it's me and that's what I do if you don't know that by now I don't know how you found me and how you haven't picked up on this (laughs) so I wanted to do a beautiful picture of a child a little brown baby baby and uh, and then I wanted to show like a prism type of idea but I wanted it to be kind of enwrapping in, in the colors and everything. My One of my best friends in the world, Jenna, uh, Jay Weezy, as she, she calls herself, um, said, <laughs> I make color porn <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> and she ain't wrong. I do. It is what I do. I make color porn. I am completely guilty of said thing. And I love doing it, and it makes me very happy. And sometimes it even makes other people happy. And that is a secondary, I'm sorry, that is a third dairy thing. <laughs> but I do enjoy it, but it's just, I don't know, you gotta, you gotta feel that vibe and just, like, push forward. You gotta see all these things. And I'm going to do these little kind of weird spots that I'm going to do with this. And... It's really beautiful, and it's magical, and I want it to grab people and embrace them. And then I want them to read about the thing that I'm talking about, which is uh, the kids in cages. Because that hasn't stopped, and it should have never began. Period. Mm, I don't care who people say started it. It should be abolished. I don't you know. That's what it is. It's a it's a hateful, evil thing to do to a child. And I will make paintings attacking it until it ends. And then I'll make paintings about something else. I mean, I'm always making paintings about everything. But, you know, this is something that's always been really important to me. And so I will not stop doing this. And it makes me think of Marley. And I I can't imagine the war I would bring to the world if something like that had happened to my daughter. So, game on. We are the, we are the, uh, bastions of our, of our fights. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> we are the ambassadors of, uh, of, uh, of war if we need to be. We are also the presidents of love and understanding and so on and so forth. But for some reason, for some people, those two don't intersect with each other. And so we have to force them to behave like good people. And so I feel like the time will come when the, the, the crowds will be at the gates pulling those children out of those cages. Because I don't know what else, whatever, what other outcome there would be. At this point, nothing seems to be doing it on its own. So, who knows? 
and that's how I ended up on a watch list. There you go. Boom. Uh, no, I just think, I think there's so much beauty and wonderment in people and all the things they make, but there's a weird fetishist aspect to like little brown babies and it's weird how they people people literally fetishize little mixed babies, little brown babies, little black babies, all these things, little Asian babies, and they uh, Native American babies, everybody's babies, uh, mostly POC babies have like a weird fetishization with like horrible people, um, and in that where they adopt them and then they and then they like they raise them and they love them and they show them a wonderful life no um they adopt them and they then sometimes and i've only seen this i've seen this in my situation this is not everyone um i remember working at this co-op i think let me just tell you the story when working at this co-op i was a i was a bulk foods manager later i became a a assistant store manager um and at that job, there was this little African baby. And she was growing up. First she was like in a little swaddling thing. And then she was growing up and she's walking around. I think that was probably the weirdest thing. I worked there for almost like six years. I worked there for ten years. And it was super strange because... No, I think I worked there for five years. It was super strange because I worked there and... We saw all these people who had all these babies during blizzards and et cetera, and they bring them in to come shopping and whatnot. And then slowly but surely, you see these kids grow up into like toddlers, and they're talking to you. Hello, hi, hi, Mr. Jawawa, you know, and so on and so forth. And I'm like, hey, kid, how's it going? And I mean, I still see that at my job now, but when you work with the public, it's just kind of a common thing that happens, but it's still very sweet and cute. And uh, I remember a lot of these women in this little rich area of Chevy Chase, Maryland, would adopt these little babies. And you'd have all these women who were working at the registers, who were like these African women who'd come to this country and they had kids and they were sweet and they were etc. And they talked to these children. They talked to these moms and they talked to these children. And these women would pull their babies away when these babies would be like, oh, hi, blah, 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 they pulled them away, and it was like they didn't want them to be exposed to any other culture but their own. It was just, it was very strange. It was such a weird kind of thing that happened, and I don't think this always happens with people. I know lots of people who've adopted children. I want to adopt children. But it was very weird to see this kind of, like, holding them away from anyone it's like they didn't think their babies would one day see mirrors and go hey that person looks like me i wonder if i should look into my look into the culture in which i come from and it's just it's a very strange thing it, it's a little slavey in a way there's a little slavery change to that where it's like no your name is toby you're a christian <laughs> and they're like but I came from something before this, and I'd really like to learn about it. And they're like, mm, no, Toby. It's a Roots reference. Some of you don't know what Roots is. I suggest you go look it up. Go, go read it. Go watch it. Come back. Actually, don't go anywhere. That's a long movie. Um, please go watch Roots. For those who've never seen Roots and don't understand Roots, please go watch Roots. It's a beautiful amazingly powerful piece of art and it's very sad but it's LeVar Burton's a man <laughs> and it's just uh, but it's it's that type of thing it was such a weird such a weird kind of way my point as I ramble and go for whatever uh, it's just weird it's weird to see people who who are very opposed to the idea of like these children being treated like people and yet in another circumstance they would adopt them name them names like Christina and you know Samuel and they would never know 
they would never know any of this stuff. My big worry about a lot of the stuff with those kids are they're just going to be adopted into some like Midwest family and they'll, they'll never know the life that happened and the things that happened to them. It'll be this trauma that they've just undiscovered 20 years afterwards. And yeah, so I think about all that when I paint these things. I know that's a lot. That's like a huge, like, you asked for a sip, and I gave you, like, a 16-gallon jug of water, and now you got to drink the whole thing. It's life. Art is complicated. The funniest thing about most art stuff is that people ask you what inspires you, what, how this came about, when they point towards a painting, or a piece of literature, or a movie, or a screenplay, or a film, or an idea, or a comic strip, or whatever. And I don't think people actually really consider the factor that, like, there is a deep guttural story to these things. And they need to pull, put up, if they're going to ask the question, they need to pull up a seat and then just ingest what everyone's telling them. Because a lot of times, like, these, these things come from places. Like, I'd love to just, you know, I, I remember when I was younger, I used to just lie. And Alec would just look at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I have these extravagant lies on where I, what what brought a painting on. Oh, I was in the park. I was in the park. You know, depending on who they were, I'd be like, oh, they have nice things on. I was in the park, and I'm watch. I'm I'm watching this uh, this uh, this couple have this this like amazing first kiss, where they both look at each other and they're holding hands and they're kind of leaning. They've got like that new love. Where like you breathe, you breathe in each other's breath and stuff like that all the time. You don't give each other, you never give each other like personal space. You're just like, no, my palm must be touching you. I must whisper all my words into your ears so that they are, so that they are perfectly romantic. And uh, all those weird little bits. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, no, they were kissing and it was just beautiful. And I was reading, uh, I was reading a. Um, War and Peace from my from my book bag in my art college <laughs> in the park and it was a beautiful savannah morning and etc and I, I took a mental photograph click and <laughs> did that and it's like no that's not what happened it was I was I think the truth of the matter would be like I was probably sad and I wanted to paint something beautiful and so I looked for a while and I scoured all these different types of photos that I had in my hard drive and books and magazines and et cetera for the pose, for the perfect pose. And then I gave up on that because I couldn't find anything after two hours. And then I took some, uh, some posing dolls and I, I moved them in the way that I wanted to. And then I did a bunch of rough sketch thumbnails until I got the right angle. And then I decided to then take the ink and paint it onto the canvas and then fill it all in and go on from there. And it was a beautiful experience. And when I was done, I felt empty and kind of sad. And I ate a bowl of ice cream and had a hot cup of tea. And then I did that for five months. And then this painting was done. <laughs> and they go, oh, my God, that's so sad. <laughs> You're like, well, you don't want that answer. So a uh, couple in the park. <laughs> I mean it is it is what it is on that. I just I don't I don't know I don't know what to tell you. Like they're stories. They're all beautiful stories. They're beautiful in their ways. As the jokes subside. Um subside. Uh, yeah. They're beautiful stories. There's so much that comes into like all these kind of things that work themselves. I remember this time in art school where I was, I parked my car in a parking, in the student parking lot, and then I walked four blocks up the road in Charlotte to go to a friend of mine's uh, first juried show. And so I put on this jacket, and then I went to the show, and it was just, it was beautiful. And I was totally jealous that I hadn't figured out how to be in one of these shows. <laughs> and, like, my friend had just done this cool thing. Catherine, I think her name was Cat. 
Cat uh, had cat uh, always wore was was a bean pole was bean pole skinny, um, like a ramen noodle that had been pulled straight. Uh, big glasses, blonde hair, and oh, blonde flat, kind of uh, ramen esque hair, <laughs> and um, big old glasses. And she wore overalls all the time, and like he uh, overalls, some type of. Um, Picasso as stripy shirt. Go look it up. And typically, like a pair of like Mary Janes. I remember, like that was her aesthetic. Like you, you were hard pressed to not see her in those type of outfits. She had long nose. I remember that. And she did these like really cool kind of um, Van Gogh like paintings. I think that was like her big inspiration. And she introduced me to painter's tape, actually, when I was in college. And I was wondering, I was like, how'd you paint such straight lines? (laughs) And she's like, use painter's tape. And I was like, what? What's painter's tape? (laughs) She's like, seriously? And I was like, "Mm, I don't know these things, man. I'm in art school because I don't know things. Now I need to know things. Tell me things. And so she taught me all that cool stuff. And... It was just interesting. It was like my first juried show, and there was so much amazing work there. And everybody who was there got to put a... You bought a raffle ticket, and then the raffle ticket is how you voted. So as many raffle tickets as you wanted to buy was how many votes you could put under the art. Um, and there's like a little... They give you like a little piece of paper with like a checks. Like you could put like slashes or whatever under the art that you thought was great and yeah you know i bought like ten dollar i think i bought like twenty dollars worth of tickets which i think was like 10 of them and then i just gave them all to her i was i voted for all her stuff uh she wasn't the best artist there but you know you go to your friend's show you have to support your friend but she was you know best new she should have won at least best newcomer like she did really cool work I don't know whatever happened to that kid. Like, I I had had the accident at the restaurant where I was walking around with a cane for a year. And she went off to some other college. And we never saw each other again. I missed that kid. She was cool. Um, but, yeah. We had a lot of cool adventures, though. Art crawls, at gallery crawls, all that stuff. It was just really beautiful. Like, to just have such a cool friend who knew so much about art when I was still kind of learning. Had all these kind of uh, high school art classes. And, like, I knew I knew a lot about art. Like, I had studied under uh, Dr. Rogers, the, pro- the art professor, since I was a kid, as his apprentice. So I knew how to paint. But, like, these weren't the things that we worked on. He was a... He was not a, a scenery painter. He was a... You know, he painted he painted people and he painted sculptures and he painted stuff like that. So these were not he he didn't you know his backgrounds were more kind of like splashes and lines etc. But they weren't they weren't made. If he wanted to do a straight line, he'd use like a he'd use like a a paint knife and he'd slash it across and then he'd take like he'd take like the the flat side of it, the smooth side of it, and then smooth it across so it was like a big streak. And, like, that's what I had learned. I would learned color and, and vibrance and, like, working on things, like, to, to the utmost and completely. And, you know, it was not planning. There was no planning. Planning was for people who didn't know what they were going to do, so they had to work on it. They had no spontaneity. They had these things. <laughs> Just bullshit. Um, I mean, he was, he's a brilliant man. He's been a brilliant man. He's a great painter. I still need to call him. I know. I'm sorry. I keep saying I'm going to, and I still haven't. What is wrong with me? I don't know. It's like you. You make these plans. You say these things. And then, where are you? Where are you doing? What, what are you too busy to do to talk to him? Painting. I'm painting ridiculously. He might respect that, actually. He was kind of like that. He was kind of that guy. He had the coolest stucco house, man. Big-ass backyard grilled all the time ate mostly potatoes crazy potatoes and steaks and stuff like that i did not i mostly just ate potatoes and like root vegetables and stuff like that um when i was there 
select the beats and stuff like that. We'd roast all these things. Um, he was just cool. What was I saying? Cat. Um, yeah, but Cat did all this cool stuff. It was funny. We had like several classes together. And I remember the first class we ever took, like her and I and like one other guy were kind of like the little art darlings because we were already painters. Nobody else was a painter. Nobody else knew how to follow anything. So they did all this stuff. Weird thing was, every painting I did in that class, I totally sold in an art show. I had these shows called One Night Stands, is what I used to call them. And we'd get a band to play, and we'd just do like this art show, and I'd just sell every painting I had. I mean, my prices were much cheaper then, because obviously I was a teenager and I just needed money. So, you know, you could buy a painting off of me for like 20 bucks to 50 bucks, uh, maybe 100 bucks. On, on the on the huge, what I thought was huge, which was really small in comparison to now, type of stuff. But you know, you gotta you gotta run before you uh, before you fly. So <laughs> I don't think that's the saying. But uh, yeah, it was just it was incredible. I think that's probably the one thing I will say to anyone ever thinking about going to art school. One, don't do it right now because everything's closed, and these people will take your money <laughs> and they won't give it back. Uh, but that was always the case. And, um, but two, the coolest thing about art school, I don't understand online art school. Online art school defeats the purpose of art school completely because the greatest thing of art school is all the incredible fucking artists that you meet. Oh my gosh, these people are so, they're, you, you get from all walks of life, from all talent spectrums, from the, it's uh, the movie Art School Confidential, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, you meet the artist, the slacker, the sexy person, the kind of gross person, the people who are dying of imposter syndrome, the people who are, you know, they've, they've, they've just retired and they've got a new lease on life and they're going to figure out everything. <laughs> You know, and they're, they're doing all the stuff. And it's, it's really cool, actually. Like, they have probably some of the best insight in the world. I remember this one incredible woman who came up to what I was doing. She's like, your mistake is you're overworking the mouth. And I was like, what? And she goes, the lips are colors and shades. They're not, they're not like your nose. They do stick out. I mean, your lips, my lips stick out. Um, which is not to say everyone says. Um, I've seen some people, uh, flat mouths, no judgment. Um, <laughs> damn. Uh, but, yeah, they don't stick out of your face as much as you think they do. Like, your nose sticks out of your face. Some people. Me, for instance. Big old nose. Um, but, yeah, they're not, they're not as hard of lines there's more of an outline of the mouth and then you know you bring it forward with with color and uh darkness and light and you can do all that and i was like oh man that's so cool and that literally has stuck with me my whole life and that was a eight second conversation that she and i had but it was just so perfect it was just so honest you know and i i really i really grabbed hold of that and then there was uh, Billy, who was like the uber-conservative Christian kid. And he was still very talented. He was kind of a goof, and eventually he just didn't show up for the final exam, and he failed the class. It didn't make any sense, and we ran into his girlfriend, who we found out was his now ex- his then ex-girlfriend. And we were like, what happened to him? And he was like, she was like I don't know. Just a, he packed up his bags, and he's like, I gotta go. And he just left. I was like, wow, that's crazy. But he was, uh, he was the first person I knew who was really unafraid to draw the human form in nude. Men, women, didn't matter. Just, he, was, he was the one person not afraid to draw like penises and vaginas. Because <laughs> really in art school, like your first couple classes you take, like everybody's drawing Ken dolls and Barbie dolls. Like they don't have, maybe they got nipples, but they definitely don't have penises and vaginas. People are just nervous about that. I don't I don't know what it is. You're worried that, like, the artist... The, I remember the nervous thing that happened to me was I'm drawing, like, the... I don't know. I don't know all the terminology. The vulva, I guess? It's probably not the vulva. The front of the vagina. 
I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed right now. Uh, I'm not embarrassed enough to look it up, but I am embarrassed that I don't know what to call all the anatomy. But to be fair, I don't know it about penises either. I know penis, I know gland, you know. This is getting a real risque podcast, I gotta say. We've gotten we've gotten very sexual very quickly. Um, no, it's not sexual. This is just human anatomy, really. I think that's the weirdest thing I've ever known about any of all the people and all my all the people who've ever complained or had any type of issues with anything. I'm putting moisture on my hands because my fingers are cut up and they hurt a little bit. I think the weirdest thing about most of this stuff is uh people get real weird about the human form they have this fear that like if you draw it or you paint it or you think about it that suddenly you're like a pervert or you're sexualizing and it's just you you see your bare fingers and you don't think of carnal maybe maybe you do i don't know i don't um type of situations so it's a human form guys everybody's got nipples everybody's got a butt Y'all got feet. Y'all have genitals. Assumingly. Um, yeah. <laughs> they get awkward so fast. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was trying to make a point and then I made the opposite point by being so weird about it. It's just, I don't know. It's, uh... My war against a lot of those things have always kind of been that way. And I've, I've lost that war on occasion where I wanted to paint something. I wanted to paint the human form over and over and over again in huge fashion and huge size and scale and grandness. And I just didn't uh, because I was nervous about everything else. And I'm, I'm listening to an audiobook right now by Questlove, who's the drummer for The Roots, one of my favorite bands. And one of the things he says in the audiobook is, stop being afraid of other people. Like, an artist is not truly free until they can stop worrying about what society and etc. are going to think about the things that they're creating. You just gotta create. Just gotta be you, baby. Did not sound like me at all. <laughs> That's what he said. Um... No, you gotta you gotta be true to yourself. You gotta find these amazing, beautiful, just contagious moments and just run with them. Let them be whatever you want to be. Draw what you want to draw. Paint what you want to paint. Don't hurt people. But if you bring people to a new way of seeing things, that's that's a beautiful thing. If you show people that there's beauty beyond the simplistic things that they think are the only things that can be beauty like you gotta go for that it's necessary just saying that's playing dandy forget my bad uh, brother-in-law i want to welcome another great year to my brother and sister-in-law nick and justine happy birthday guys i hope you do well i'll be there (laughs) you guys are amazing thank you I'm saying this through a mask, so I I hope it's understandable. <sighs> so I was driving my lunch and I heated it up and then my foot tripped and I dropped it everywhere. And suddenly the occurrence of Pierre and everybody else passing away just kind of hit me. That I was never gonna be able to have another cup of coffee with him and eat a lunch and all these things. And it was just, uh, it was really hard. 
I think as all this kind of keeps going and everything keeps happening, the weight of everything will feel heavier. I miss you, man. driving home, I'm in the car, it's raining. And I thought about something someone had asked me a long time ago. And they said, how do you find focus when everything else is going around you kind of crazy? And I thought about it for a while, and I really contemplated it. And the first exercise I typically do is take something small and take something small like a, a pen or a, your wallet or something and bring whatever it's in, so like a bag, and then without looking in the bag, even with the zippers and the flaps and all that stuff, imagine where it is. Like really contemplate where it is. And then let your hand roam into said bag. Think about don't think about your breathing, don't think about anything else. And calmly visualize what the inside of said bag looks like and the item and the shape and the size in which you're trying to get. And then I want you to just kind of, you know, move around and find it and see where it is with your brain and your fingers. And just kind of loop and go. It's, it's, a, it's an imagination exercise. Some of you are probably having a very hard time finding this object and what you're looking for. And that's okay. Like, you may not actually even find it, but you visualize where you think it is. And then you reach your hand in and try to pull it out. Uh, like I said, the objective is not to even actually be able to get it. The objective is to build a construct in your mind of what what the inside of something looks like. So you work towards that. You move your hands, you feel it on your palms, your fingers, the back of your hands, your, you know, the, just everything. The dexterity, the texture. And then, you know, if it takes a little while, then it takes a little while, but then you get it out and it's yours. Uh, I use this technique typically, the practical technique of this is when I'm developing film. So when you develop film, you have to load a, you have to open a canister of film and then slowly feed it and load it into a film film reel, which is kind of like a, it almost looks like a, I'm trying to think what they're called. Like the way like a, the way like string or yarn is wrapped around like a little plastic thing. So like uh, when you're sewing, like how fabric, or how, ah, I can't know, I don't know how to say it. Um, so, you know, when you're sewing a patch, the string you use, one of those, so a spool, there's the word, the spool. So with a spool, you're, you know, it's got the thing in the middle and then the fabric's wrapped around it. So that's how you have to do, and then you have to roll it in with, uh, it kind of has a rotational aspect that'll actually kind of suck it in as you turn it, twist it. As you, neither really twist it, as you turn it like a doorknob. But you have to do all this in a black bag completely blind, or in a studio, completely blind, like a dark room. And you get to the point where you can visualize what you're doing without actually doing it. And it makes it make sense, and it makes it easier, and it does all these things. So, that is what you do. So you're learning how to do something practical with your brain and with your hands. Like a lot of times when I have to do it, sometimes I even close my eyes because all the other stimuli going on are a little nerve wracking. So I try to make it, I try to close everything else out and do it that way. And it can be stressful. The key to remember to most of these things is there is no time limit on how long 
these things are supposed to take for you. They may be five seconds. They may be 20 out, 20 minutes, not 20 hours. I hope not 20 hours. They might be 20 minutes. They might be 30 minutes, but they, you know, you just, you get good at it. You learn to trust your, your imagination on these things. So yeah, that is the exercise in a very long winded way. <laughs> Close your eyes. Imagine what you're looking for, reach inside, and then pull it up. You'll know if you got it right. Maybe not a pen. Try something a little bigger than a pen. Try a specific pen. <laughs> All right. accidentally kind of gave up coffee for a little bit. I have like a special creamer that I like. And it's a special creamer. It's like a hemp creamer. A hemp creamer. But I haven't been able to find it. So I've just kind of been running around trying to do everything. And I realized I haven't really had a cup of coffee in about a week or so. And, you know, as one does, Sleepy withdrawals. <laughs> so, I'm on the hunt today for work because I need it. And that's what we're doing. The hunt begins. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's ever supported me in this. This is amazing. I love you. I find you insanely wonderful. Uh, please remember to support me on all the major platforms. Um, Patreon. Um, I, I don't, the weird thing is I don't care about a lot of these other things. <laughs> uh, Twitter, Patreon, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, YouTube, yes, YouTube. Uh, I got lots of cool merch. Just everything. Uh, just find me. My name is Jawara Blake, J-A-W-A-R-A. -A -A. And then Blake. It's like Blake with a B on the front of it. <laughs> uh, I used to go by Jawara Blake because I thought it sounded cooler. <laughs> it's still cooler. I'm still Jawara Blake. It's going to happen. When I'm famous, that's what I'm going to go as. <laughs> so Juara Blockett. And I go, oh, that's so exotic and amazing. Even though my name's Juara, which is already kind of on there. But I'm like, no, that, that last name's too plain. I got to be different. <laughs> I'm a mess, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I'm a weird guy. I'm just silly. All the time. Um, please, yeah, check out the links at the in the description of all the cool stuff that I'm going to be doing. And... I just want to say thank you. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. I hope we get through all this. This was uh, Painter Files episode 85. Oof. These things are growing up and up and up. All right. I'll be seeing you around. Painter out. Ciao.